What's going on everybody and welcome to SDGC's Sekiro Shadows Die Twice conversation. Um, Sekiro drops next week on March 22nd and we thought we'd have a little sit down and talk about our hopes for the game, talk about what we know, what we don't know, and uh, the fact that Activision isn't sending out review copies, which is very, very strange. Uh, and tonight with me I have Zach. Zach, what's up man? Hey, really excited to talk about this game. I, I needed an excuse to get hyped about it. And uh, as, as anybody who knows me, I did not need that excuse to get hyped about a From Software game. But I'm glad you're here. And we also have from the Inner Podcast, from the Inner Circle Podcast, sorry, I butchered that one, our old friend Sam Tolbert, old friend of the podcast. Sam, good evening. Good evening, dude. I'm glad you invited me out here. All you really had to say was, hey, come talk From Software. And <laughs> you knew I'd be here. Like, we may disagree on a ton of things, but you know I'm a souls bro with you through and through. So that's all that matters to me. Like, like that's your one redeeming quality, actually. In my, oh God, in, I in my I think opinion. I just realized that I am the least Souls Bro person. So, but Zach, you're also you're also a beautiful, wholesome human being, and that oh. that 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 elevates you. So, all I, right, yeah, you don't have anything to worry about, man. Um, and speaking of Zach, Zach, uh, do you want to kick off our little conversation tonight? Sure, sure. So, so we're gonna start by talking about what what Sekiro is. Uh, you know, what is the wo uh, the world that From Software is built? What style of game it is uh, for people who don't know. Uh, so, so again, for people who don't know, Sekiro is the first game uh, in a long time where From Software actually has sat down and created a character that all players are going to be. Instead of having a character creator where you pick what you look like, pick your build, this game will always set you up as the protagonist, Sekiro. Uh, now, Sekiro is made up of two Japanese words, uh, Sek, meaning one-armed, and Iro, uh, meaning uh, uh, lone wolf. Can I, I just say, or, can I just or, say Zach, yeah, it's like one-armed lone wolf, which is the most, yeah. like, if you're going to be named something... Wolf. That's that's the most badass thing to be named in the history of anything. It really is. Yeah. It really Amazing. Is. Right. And and so for people who haven't been uh, paying attention, which is fine because Activision has not been hyping it up uh, like we like we've seen with previous from software partners. Uh, so in the game, you play a Sekiro. Uh, he has lost his arm. He's got a prosthetic arm that you can exchange for different weapons throughout the game, uh, which kind of explains the the one armed wolf uh, uh, thing. But um, so. That kind of gives us this idea that it's almost a fantasy world with the idea of having this this prosthetic arm that he's using in fighting. Um, Sam, do you want to talk to us a little bit about some of the lore surrounding the game and how that's a little bit different? Sure, sure, I can do that. So the thing is, unlike most of From Software's games, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice does not take place in a mythological world or some alternate realm that they came up with. This is actual Japan. This is 16th century Sengoku period Japan to be precise. And so you have your arm severed, Sekiro has his arm severed, by one of the leading commanders in the Ashina clan. And that's really interesting because this was a period not of war, but like internal strife. 16th century Japan is when the shinobi really, really came to be a thing. This is when ninjas were used for covert operations. They were There were assassinations between houses, between different clans. So it's interesting for them to home in on this because I don't know if anyone here has played Neo. I know, okay, John, I know oh, yeah. you have, but um, yep. I don't know if Zach, you have, where it a little sort bit. Of, it sort of takes place in real Japan, but they've also added mythological elements in. That's kind of what's going on here. From Software is making sure this is an actual period in Japan, but they're also adding in what appears to be Oni and Yetis and undead, <laughs> you know, mechanics and stuff like Ogres that. Ogres and stuff right, and all kinds of crazy right. shit. Right, But I understand why, because like you were saying, Zach, this is a focused character, and it looks like they're going for a more focused story. 
like much more heavy right. on voice acting, much more heavy on cinematics. And that's going to be a change of pace compared to FromSoft's well, older games. Well, that's interesting, right? Because, you know, I kind of want, I, I'm only now just kind of reading up on Sekiro simply because I want, I wanted to go into this as blind as possible, but you know me sure. uh, as a Souls guy, I, there was like, okay, you know what? I can't, I can't wait another week. I've got to know at least something. So, um, yeah, this is a this is a departure from uh, the Souls and you know you know the Souls games you know Bloodborne in that there's a story with a fully voiced protagonist who has motivations that you will that you will ostensibly anyway understand and, and be made aware of. You're not going to have to you know read item descriptions for you know you know to understand the lore of the world. You know um, this is a real departure from recent uh, from recent from software games. And honestly, guys, I I think it's something that they desperately needed. I I, I love. I love the Souls games. Everybody knows that. I love Bloodborne. Um, they're some, they're, they're my, some of my favorite games of all time. But I'm glad that we are going to see a From Software that is flexing its storytelling muscles along with its environment and combat muscles. That is very exciting to me. Yeah. I, no, it's it seems like a, a big departure. And, like, it, this, is, this is speculation, right? But this is the first time Activision has published a game from From Software. Part of me wonders if part of that deal approaching a, a Western publisher is we are going to take more traditional, typical realms of storytelling compared to the more obscure stories that we've seen from them in the past. Um, it, it's interesting. That whole partnership is fascinating. Well, and, and not only that, uh, Zach, but there's, there, there's a pause screen. You can pause yeah. this game. Like, yeah. like, holy shit, it's a fucking revelation, guys. Like, you can actually pause it. You can, you, and, 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 and like, wow, and, and there's no, and you can pause it because there's no multiplayer. This right. is a, which is another departure from, you know, from the Souls trilogy and from Bloodborne in that this is a strictly single player game. As far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is not a single multiplayer element anywhere to there be isn't. found. There, um, there's not. There's no not. leaving. And that goes, no leaving messages, no seeing the ghosts of other one-armed wolves running around feudal Japan, nothing. Um, right. And, and again, I, I feel like this is something, this is a direction I have wanted to see from software take for some time. And I'm, I'm glad we're getting it. I was just going to say, you know, so this is something I was pondering about while you guys were talking. Like, I love Bloodborne, John. You know that. Bloodborne is one of my oh, favorite oh, yeah. games this generation. But I often wonder if Bloodborne wouldn't have benefited from a more focused story. In, in retrospect, I wonder right. to myself, like, would a couple of more cinematics have helped? I'm not saying go all the way, but I do wonder if it needed a little bit more. So I'll just co-sign and say I'm really glad to see them going this route. I think this is an evolution for From Software. They've shown they can master world building. They've shown they can master combat. But now they can master a more direct form of storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. John, you've kind of hinted at some of the differences, what with the, the pause screen and a more narrative focus, but can you kind of talk about, for people who have maybe avoided Soulsborne games in the past, can you talk a little bit about, uh, at their essence, what these games are for people who haven't heard of them before? Absolutely. Um, so if you've never played any of the Souls games, well, you know, and I'm, you know what, I'm going to include Demon Souls as well. So you got uh, Demon Souls, the the trilogy of Dark Souls games, and then Bloodborne, and they are all built around a, a masochism is gaming. Basically, um, they are extremely difficult to the point of I had to put the controller down in Dark Souls for two weeks at one point because I couldn't pass Ornstein and Smoke. Uh, Sam knows what I'm talking about. The Souls games are known for e extreme crushing difficulty and very obtuse storytelling. Uh, you don't play, you don't generally play the Souls games for a clear, coherent story. 
Um, you play the Souls games, one, because the combat is weighty and punchy and extremely satisfying, and also because you enjoy a good mystery. You enjoy the aesthetic of the world, from the abandoned halls of Anne Orlando and Dark Souls to the um, to the uh, uh, to Bergenworth uh, in Bloodborne, um, and uh, and then of course uh, you know uh, Yahargul Village in Bloodborne. Nobody does aesthetics like From Software, in my opinion, which is why I've been screaming for years. Please, Konami, give From Software the Castlevania IP. I mean, if you can, Sam, can you imagine that? Uh, um, good lord, a proper From Software Castlevania. But, uh, I mean, Dark Souls ooh, already kind of is Castlevania in a lot of ways. It, it really is a three D Castlevania. So. And, and well, and you know, and there are certain hallmarks in the Souls games. Um, you know, there's there, you know, there's always an Estus flask. Um, you know, there's weapon degradation. There's armor degradation. Um, there are, you know, there's there's a hub area where a lone figure acts as kind of your guide uh, throughout it. And and it's my understanding that those elements or equivalents of those elements are present in Sekiro as well. Yep. I just I just don't I don't know what they're called. So, like, if you guys could enlighten me, I'm not sure what they're called. Uh, um, one of them, I can... I, I've heard. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, I, I was just gonna say the only the only character I've heard people refer to routinely, though I don't know if this is her official name, is the character that gives you context and helps you upgrade your character. I've heard referred to as the Woman in Black, uh, but I don't know if that's her official name. Which is interesting because the Maiden in Black was your basically your that character in Dar- in uh, Demon Souls. Right. Um. Interesting. So. So that yeah, that's an that's an interesting that's an interesting little kind of kind of bridge there, an interesting little callback. But uh, um, who knows? Many people the, are speculating. In, in regards to the healing flask, though, the Estus flask, I can tell you this: it's called the healing gourd, and I've been told it's gourd. literally yes. identical. It's just you're drinking gourd juice instead of Estus well, flask well, juice. <laughs> well, and you know what? You know when you consider us, uh, when you consider the classical archetype of the samurai who carries around a jug of sake, it makes perfect fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, God, what a, what a cool way to kind of bake that into the lore. Uh, the other thing I think that is worth noting here, guys, is that originally this was going to be a Tenchu game. Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't know that was official. Oh, the, yes. The, uh, the, this was originally, yes, Zach, this was originally going to be a, a continuation of the Tenchu series. And as you can see, the game itself kept a lot of those elements, you know, from, you know, uh, the grappling hook and, uh, and the, the period of feudal Japan are, are two big ones, obviously. Um, but also the difficulty in the combat. Um, you know, we, we talk, I talked a little bit about Dark Souls combat. Which is basically, you know, it's it's almost like playing chess, and I'm sure Sam would agree would would agree with that. Um, you you wait for your opponent to swing, you come in, you you, you hack a few times, you back up, you block, you dodge, and you wait. It's very slow, very methodical. I get the sense looking at gameplay uh, of of Sekiro, uh, and again, I haven't seen as much as you guys have because I've I've tried to keep my exposure to this at a, a you know at sort of a minimum, I guess. But it seems like it's fast a faster paced. But just as deliberate, with and with kind of a focus on stealth. If if my eyes yep. don't deceive me. Oh yes, you are right. The, the, the focus is on stealth. One example, even that I read. This is not a spoiler because this is literally the first area in the game. Don't worry. Is that you can actually listen in on enemy patrols, and if you listen to the enemies talking at one corner of a castle, they'll mention that ogres have a weakness to fire. And they'll talk about, yeah, make sure you have fire or whatever if you're going to deal with that guy or some of that. And so it's like, huh, so you can pick up on the world, but instead of through item descriptions, now it's because you're paying attention to the world actually happening around you. And I think that's awesome. I, I think that's a yeah, really and cool I, thing. Yeah, and I hate – it's it's really fascinating. And, like, I hate, I hate to say this because for some people, especially diehard Souls fans, this might – 
uh, strike a nerve, but it almost feels like they've taken hints from older Assassin's Creed titles that had these sort of, uh, of course they were, they were strictly story driven, but these eavesdropping moments where they will really drive your, drive your gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, in, in some ways, it just feels like a more traditional Western take on the From Software formula, but of course it's from From Software themselves. So I think we're, uh, we, we, we've kind of got, um, you know, some prestige behind the title. Well, and um, what, what else is interesting, Zach? I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to. I want to. I want to no, kind of make this point real quick. Is that the addition? Like, you know, we we talked about the combat. The addition of the grappling hook gives this game a verticality that is completely new to the Soul series. Uh, and yep. a, a speed and a level of strategy, I think, that we haven't seen before. Um, and it gives a level. It gives you know, and and it it takes because part of the fun, part of kind of kind of the allure. Of Dark Souls and Bloodborne is world exploration, right, Sam? Exploring those mm-hmm. worlds, getting immersed in them, finding little crevices and and, and nooks where you know where, where the, you know there's an item or an enemy waiting for you. But the verticality of the levels in Sekiro, um, this is something that is that From hasn't really tackled yet, and um, I am so excited as to as to, I, mean, I mean this opens the world up for exploration in new ways and and just from a combat perspective and an exploration perspective man just like oh god the more i talk about it guys the more excited i am for next tuesday <laughs> oh seriously man next it's next friday john you got a little ways to go oh, is it, oh i thought it was i thought it was tuesday no I no he's right heart. Oh, he's right it's friday oh, so it's bad. the 22nd but so close oh, it's god. still so close it's it's, it's oh, close it's i'm taking soon. that friday off <laughs> seriously but no i mean I mean, John, touching on what you're talking about, it's just interesting to see this juxtaposition from From Software, where we are seeing a more linear take on the formula than we've ever seen from them, but we are also seeing the world be different, right? Traditionally, the worlds that you explore uh, in in Dark Souls are traditionally relatively straightforward. There are very few options where, uh, until there are, are optional bosses or whatever... You usually have to go from point A to point B, but here you can skip over entire enemies, you can fly over the top of them, and you also have stealth. So it's just weird to see this like really linear focus on narrative and really wide approach to world design, which is traditionally like the exact opposite of what we've seen from them, right? Yes, uh, to a certain extent. Now there are areas like Dark Souls Two, for example, give you a lot more freedom than than the first one did to kind of explore that world at your leisure uh, and kind of tackle things the way you wanted to. Uh, and there was some of that in Bloodborne as well. Like for example, um, not a lot of people knew you could go fight the witches of Hemwick before you fought, uh, uh, you know, Vicar Amelia. Uh, there's there were a few other bosses you could kind of pick and choose your you know what level you know what order you want to tackle those in. But basically. Basically, Dark Souls, yeah, funneled you from point A to point B, and there were moments that, you know, it it did open up. This, to me, though, seems like I don't know what the actual story progression is going to look like in Sekiro, but what I do know is it appears that the world is... I guess more open, and, and, and you know, not open world, but more open than than traditional from software games. Uh, you know, or at least they're action RPGs. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a this is a complete. Uh, this is uncharted territory for them, man. It is. And, yeah. and I want to home in on something you said, them being action RPGs. This one, I, they haven't discarded the RPG part of it entirely, but the emphasis is definitely on the action part. You're not leveling up anymore. This is not a situation where you can just farm hundreds of thousands of souls and just buff your way past something if necessary. Like, if you're having trouble with one of these bosses, um, good luck. 
figure you need to figure it out. You're oh, going to yeah. have to try the gameplay mechanics more. You're going to have to use your tools more efficiently because you don't level your character's strength and dexterity up to get the right two-handed great sword, you know, combo or whatever going. Like you have the same tools it's the same build per se. You just know, have to know how to use them, and I find that fascinating. Well, you you mentioned mechanics. Are you guys aware of the death mechanic in this game? Yes. That, it, oh. Well, it's kind of where the game gets its name. We should touch on that. <laughs> yeah, John, talk about it for us. So, in, in you know, in previous games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, when you die, you lose all your souls, and you you know you got to go back and get them. Uh, and if you die, then that's it. Um, and, and now I, I don't know all the details, but what I do, but I, what I do know is that you basically have, uh, you can die twice. Um, and what, when you can revive yourself, you know, you can die once you can revive yourself, you can die again, revive yourself. And after that, there is a rotting disease that will, that will strike NPCs throughout the world. And the more, and you know, you know, it, it will spread, it could spread from NPC to NPC. Um, it could spread throughout their bodies. And if you don't cure it, that NPC will die. And, and they're gone forever. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they're a merchant or somebody giving you story exposition. They can die from this disease. And once they're gone, they're gone. And that sounds absolutely fucking brutal and horrible. And I love it. And I want more of it. Um, I, I, I think... Did, did, did I get that right, guys? I think that's I, I think that's basically the gist of it. But if, if there's more, please let me know. I think that's the basic idea of how it works. Like, you have a limited death uh, revival. In fact, you're actually encouraged to use it. You're encouraged sometimes to die, figure out the enemy's patterns, and then revive at an inopportune time for them. And so you know, take them by surprise because they're not expecting you to come back to life. Um, they're not being from is being very cagey about exactly how the rotting disease works, but basically, yeah, world tendency came back with a vengeance and a chip on its shoulder is the idea. Oh, I'm I love getting. it. I love it. <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's so weird to hear about this game. To me, is about juxtaposition in design. Um, like we're seeing these things where you're allowed to self revive, which is like an incredibly forgiving mechanic compared to previous Dark Souls games. But also when you run out of self revives and you die for real, you're having these real world impacts that we really haven't seen in Dark Souls for quite some time. It, it just feels like they are really looking at their own formula and finding ways to turn it on its head. And, and like for the most part, it, it seems pretty fresh, right? Dragon's rot. That's what the disease is there called. Dragon's go. rot. Nice. Dragon's rot. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and uh, according to what I'm reading here, it spreads throughout the world each time you die. Beautiful. Um, like, That's brutal. Oh, that sounds so good. It's, oh, it's God, not even remotely fair, and I love it already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another another thing that I kind of wanted to hit on here, um, just because we've been talking about how it kind of feels like a Western release in some regards. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, or people who, who are listening, but one thing that's unique here is that in in traditional from software games, there's like this idea of baiting your enemy, who's typically enemies have a chosen path that's programmed in them. They'll walk up and down a hallway or whatever. Yeah, and occasionally, of. right, and occasionally you'll try to get one enemy in a group to kind of notice you before the rest does. So you can kind of get them aside, kill them, and then go for the rest of the group. Uh, now in this game, there are actually like straight up Ubisoft inspired alert meters that will show you the direction and alertness of enemies to you, uh, which is like a really fascinating traditional thing that we would see from, you know, like your Far Cries and Assassin's Creed seem the most um, obvious. But the other thing 
is that traditionally when you kill someone in uh, Dark Souls games, sometimes they'll drop something and you have to go pick it up. In this game, there's actually a button you hold and your character will absorb the loot and it will fly to them. Oh, I like uh, that. Which is, which is like this really weird, like, I mean, again, they just seem really cognizant of like this this Western, you know, trend of, of looting games and, and like a physical button dedicated to just like picking things up at a distance. I, I don't know if you've seen the animation for it, but it kind of just like coins flying at you. It's, it's uh, kind of satisfying. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say satisfying. I was actually going to ask what what you what you thought about that. It reminds me of the uh, Lego video games where they have like the you know the pieces that come towards oh, you. Oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly. Okay, interesting. Sam, what do you think about that as a longtime Souls fan? That's interesting. Um, I'm obviously we're used to the glowing orb floating above a body, indicating that you yeah, need to go loot it. So it's that is definitely a departure. I'm gonna have to refrain from comment until I actually experience it and know what the feedback is like is it going to make the controller rumble is do i get a nice whoosh sound as it comes in i i need to know i need to know how satisfying it'll be and feel so has has there been any word given on replayability because of course you know the other crux of the souls games and you know and bloodborne is replayability these games are meant to be played multiple times over um if as far as I know, uh, from software is being incredibly tight-lipped about this. Part of this is the marketing. Part of it is intentional. From software, as we've kind of mentioned, likes to be mysterious. But I don't think anybody really knows anything past like the three-hour mark at this point. We don't even know how fucking long this game is, John. Actually, like, we we. I'm sorry, I do have to interrupt. We do know how no, long it no, is. No, you're good. Um, how oh, long we do. Is it, yeah, they've said it is very comparable to Bloodborne in size. That it is extremely similar in terms of uh, optional and main content. That it's basically okay for for people who who maybe haven't played or finished that game. Can you translate into a rough number or a range of number of hours that that sometimes translates to? Assuming that you're doing the optional stuff as well, what would you say, John? About fifty hours, maybe yeah, just that over about that. Right. Fifty-five, wow. something like that. So it, yeah, it's that meaty. sounds about right. Now, due to the nature of this game, I'm going to assume that by definition, there's a little less replayability because you're not encouraged to make different builds. There's no multiplayer that we're aware. There's of. no PvP. There's yeah. no PvP. But honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm still probably yeah. going to play it multiple times. That that's fine well, by me. And- and depending on how punishing the dragon rot is as a mechanic that, that can kill off NPCs, there's potential in if the game, for example, commits fully commits to that as a mechanic where you're losing NPCs because you've died so much, in theory, a replay uh, could could net you better results. I know for a fact they have confirmed this game has multiple endings. Oh, um, I did not and know so that. that. That's oh, good. I like that. Okay, yep. there we go. That's good. There yep. we go. So there are multiple endings. I don't know if that's directly tried to just dragon rot or if there's more external things going on. This, I'm... Again, I, I keep falling back on this word. I feel like I've got one word on here, but it's just juxtaposition, right? Like, it just... We, we've got this thing where it is more traditional and, and more mysterious than ever for, for From Software. Um, it, it just... I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very excited. You know, we've kind of talked about our varying experiences with From Software games. Do you guys want to... It's not all about did you beat the game, but can you guys talk to me about your experience with From Software, which games you've played, which ones you've finished... Just for some context. Well, I mean, anybody who knows me. <laughs> um, so, well, um, so yeah, I I put about uh, you know I'll go ahead and out myself here. I put about 250 hours in, into Demon Souls. Um, I have bought Dark Souls on PS3, on PC, on PS4, and now on Switch. And I've probably got a combined total of about 1,500 hours across all of them. 
Uh, Dark Souls 2, I put about 200 hours into. Dark Souls 3, I put about 400 hours into. And Bloodborne, I, Bloodborne, I put about 400 hours into. So you could say, you could say that I'm a fan of the series. If you wanted to say that, you that's definitely a label, guys, that I feel like could be applied to me. Sam, what about you? So, unfortunately, I have not played Demon Souls because I didn't have a PS3, and I'm not buying a PS3 and going through three-hour updates just for Demon Souls. I, wait for the remaster. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the remaster. It's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. However, I'm very comparable when it comes to the rest of the games. I have played the first Dark Souls an unholy number of times. I've lost count of how many hours I've poured in there, but played it bunch of times bunch of different builds played dark souls 2 a couple of times uh once all the way through in co-op and that was an awesome experience because me and a friend just kept on summoning each other for boss after boss i was taking him through it was my second run of the game and that was really really cool played through dark souls 3 a bunch played bloodborne a ton probably more than dark souls 3 or dark souls 2 bloodborne's atmosphere is just unparalleled it's unmatched it's, stellar, yeah. it's still some of the best of this generation so yeah that's my experience no demon souls but other than that extremely similar i have a very fond history with these games so i i think i have the most um you know casual uh uh, uh affection for the series i have played dark souls one and the remaster i have never beaten it uh gotten various series of uh of uh you know, I've gotten a little bit far into it, but never finished it. Dark Souls 2, I beat, but I summoned for probably the majority of the bosses. Dark Souls nothing 3. No, nothing wrong with that. Dark Souls 3, done the same thing. Uh, beat it by summoning a lot of the time. Uh, and then Bloodborne, I've gotten pretty far. I know I've actually played with both of you a lot, but I've never yeah. actually wrapped up and finished that game, which is really something I should do. We should wrap um, it up together. We should. Zach. We should. I'm, we should. I'm pretty close. I, I, I'm pretty close. I think I think I was playing with both of you guys last year when at one point I went to close the software to reopen it to get a fresh to get a fresh save so it didn't have any frame rate issues. It accidentally deleted the whole uh, thing and I had to re-download it, mm. which is just really my whole experience with yeah. those games. The hard, you know, <laughs> it's the part of the challenge. Of, it's a yeah, gameplay feature. Right, the Dark Souls of, of booting games is not deleting the files. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... So I guess that kind of leads me to my next point. You know, as a casual fan of the series, um, and based on what we know now, obviously you haven't played it, uh, how approachable do you think this will be for people who have traditionally shied away from Soulsborne games in the past? Um, from a story perspective, I think it's going to be extremely approachable um, because from, every, from everything I've gathered, it's a pretty straightforward, streamlined story. Uh, you know, you got a guy who's looking for revenge and, you know, trying to protect his lord. Um, and uh, it seems, seems pretty cut and dry there. From a combat perspective, this looks insanely difficult. I have spoken to people who have played it, and they said it is insanely difficult. So I think there's going to be a balance there. Um, if you like extremely – like, look, bottom line is is your feelings on story aside, whether or not you like your stories, you know, spoon-fed to you or whether or not you like them to be obtuse and hard to understand – if you don't like extremely difficult gut wrenching combat, then this game is probably you're probably going to struggle with this. To be perfectly honest, yeah, yeah. it's it, I'm definitely getting the same vibes of the story seems far more approachable, and there's even probably some new quality of life stuff that they've really updated just in the platforming alone with the grappling hook. That's going to make all the difference in the world. But the difficulty, people are saying it's probably their most difficult game. In a long time, it's it's above the Souls games or Bloodborne because you can't just beef your way through things. You can't absorb a hundred thousand souls and be like, okay, I got six levels up, yeah. that's good. Or I'm just gonna find this awesome claymore in the graveyard, wreck house now. Like you have to get good. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's 
Zach, do you feel like do you feel like the inclusion of an easily digestible kind of out there and here it is story is more compelling to you than something that's far more obtuse and muddled like a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne? Oh yeah, I mean it feels decidedly more approachable, and I think I think one of the things that has put me off before, while I really really do enjoy these games, um, I think the mystique is always attractive in from software games, but I also think that one of the things that puts people off is, okay, I suck at the gameplay, and then also the story makes no sense, but everybody keeps telling me how great the gameplay is and how cool the story is, and I feel like I'm on the outside and I can't look in and, and feel like I'm part of it. Um, and so in this way, I, I feel like it's twofold. One, if I understand the story, I will feel more driven to push on and go through these really struggling bits if the story's engrossing. We'll see if the story actually lives up to that. Um, but, but two, I just think that... Um, you know what? This is the first. This is the first from software game that explicitly has a tutorial at the beginning of the game. So we're seeing them do these things where they are are yes, this is grueling combat, um, and uh, you know it it won't allow you to cheese so you can scale up. Um, but also they're going to walk you through how to parry because parrying is something that I still struggle with after trying each of these games. Um, I yeah I'm. I'm fascinated to see how they balance it. And one thing that, that Sam mentioned that I want to touch on that I'm interested to see how it works is traditionally in these games, you can cheese and you can level up that way. But in this game, because there's so much verticality, because there's so much stealth, and because you have that grappling that lets you fly over enemies, I'm interested to see if I can avoid all of the enemies and only fight bosses and not feel like I'm at a huge disadvantage from a power thing. I, I'm fascinated to see how they scale this game. That so will be very an, interesting to see if there's like yeah. areas where it's just better for you not to engage in combat at all, or you're in for a really rough time if you choose to fight. Well, right. I mean, Sam, you know what my choice is. <laughs> you're going to charge in there. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like I, I, I finished, I, I actually cleared soul of cinder and dark souls three the very first time I fought him. So I'm always up for a challenge. So guys, as we kind of wrap this up, I kind of want to get into some more casual topics around uh, Sekiro and and these kind of games and how we kind of approach them. First and foremost, where where are you guys playing this? This is the, I, I feel like this is one of the obviously from software released games on PC in the past, but this is one feels like it's got a lot more hype on it. Is anybody here planning on picking it up on PC or, or where are you guys going to play it? John. John. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was. I, I was. I would. I just kind of assumed Sam was going to answer that one first. Um, I am going to grab it on PS4 uh, because okay. that's yep. That's where all my trophies are, and uh, since it's not on Switch, <laughs> I'm going for. Uh, I'm going for PS4. Dream big, John. Maybe one day that yeah. switch will happen. No, it won't be. Glorious 10 <laughs> frames per second on Switch. <laughs> and, and, from, from Software is renowned for their cinematic gaming experiences, Sam. <laughs> oh, God, I've still got nightmares about Blighttown. Anyways, mm. um, no, I'll pick it up on Xbox One X. That's where I've played most of the other games, bar Bloodborne. That's where I'll play this one. Yeah, it's, it's the most powerful. I'm not picking up for my PC. Seems like it there's actually going to be a frame rate mode is my understanding is that the frame rate is unlocked in at least one mode. So that bodes well, given other similar yeah. games that have had similar modes on Xbox one X. So, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you Sam. I'm banking on the Xbox one X port being decent. I know that, uh, friends at digital foundry pointed out the game is, I think at 1080p mode, it fluctuates on, on PS4 pro. So I'm hoping with that little bit of extra power on X that we can hit closer to 60 more frequently. Um, but we'll see. I just want a sale frame rate, whether that's 30 or 60. I, I, don't I really would rather. Mind. So like if it's going to fluctuate on PS4 Pro, for example, which is where I'll be playing it, if it's going to fluctuate between 40 and 60, I'd rather just have a lock 30, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So I hope yeah. That's yeah. No. Included. Yeah, for sure. Everything about these games is you want consistency in your control, right? For sure. For sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. 
Yeah, and I, and I managed, although the Collector's Edition, I know, Sam, I know you mentioned on Twitter you got the Collector's Edition. Um, I am not quite as, as fortunate, but I did find a Steelbook version, so I'm very excited. Okay, about that's that. good. John's going digital, of course. I'm living in that digital future, baby. <laughs> no, I, I'm I can f- appreciate I'm, I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm out, you're down here with the peasants on the ground with discs, wow. and I'm, I am, I have ascended. I'm in the, I'm in the nirvana of digital downloads and you know soft copies and having to re, you know renew your licenses. Like I, I'm, I'm living that future. I'm living this life. Right. I'm and waiting for the midnight release right, while fine. I'll be playing a couple of hours ahead. <laughs> Absolutely, it's <Yeah. That's> fine. <laughs> fine, fine. Okay, so so one one last quick thing I want to touch on with you guys. You know, John, you mentioned when you had a hard time with a boss in a previous Dark Souls game, you kind of backed away from the game for a little while and came back to it. Uh, are there any routines you guys find yourself in when you are playing these games? See, for me, when I hit a wall, it's like, okay, I'm summoning, which was like kind of a lame crutch, and I'm actually excited this game doesn't have multiplayer, so I can't fall back on that. Is there anything in terms of how you play these games, what breaks you give yourself? Do you eat and play? Do you drink and play? What really fuels your time with From Software's games? I drink, and I swear... <laughs> And okay. after I've after I've drank everything and I've said all the swear words I know, I get really mad and I eat ice cream out of a sense of anger. Okay. That's what I do. Okay. I destroy you myself. Drink, you drink diet root beer, diet A&W, and you say heck. Absolutely. Because you know okay. that I am a wholesome individual who would never say a fucking swear word ever. And Whoa. I would never allow alcohol to flow within my veins. It's just how I was raised, good. Zach. Well, I'm you a know, good boy. I'm a good boy. Let, let good everybody boy. live the lifestyle they want to live. Sam, Sam, how about you? Do you, you know, I know a lot of people who eat trail mix and play games. Dark Souls doesn't feel like a game where you can play, you know, you can eat trail mix and play. Sam, thing? what do you do? I don't eat and play. I eat before I'm playing. I eat while I'm stewing. You pre-game. Yes, I pre-game. I eat while I'm stewing over, okay, now he goes here, so I'm going to go here. Now I parry here, and then I need to prep for this, but make sure you use this. <laughs> make sure I've got this equipped. However, I do uh, have a drink with me if it's any game that I have been super anticipating. That's not unique to uh, FromSoft stuff. That's just unique to any game that I've really, 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 really been looking forward to. And of course, it's it's Mountain Dew game fuel because that's what gamers drink, right? Sam? Hell yes, that's the only way to rise if you're a gamer. Absolutely, we we all must rise up. John, I know that when you played Resident Evil Two, you play projector on, lights out in the basement. Is that is that your routine with From Software? Do you? Oh, you know, for 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 opening okay. night, for opening night, that's exactly what's going down. I love it. I love it. That Sam, 5. how about you? Surround sound. Mm. Sam, do you have a, see? I'm just, I'm just the the boring. I'm just gonna sit on my couch and put some headphones on, and that's that's all I'm gonna do. Sam, are you in the same boat? I, I've got some headphones and then a uh, Samsung 4K HDR TV. I, I'm happy with that. I'll live. I, I, I'll survive. Literal, literal same boat. <laughs> the only yeah. difference is if I'm playing these kind of games, I can't relax on the couch. I'll pull up a chair, put it right in front of the couch, and lean forward in that chair. I can't. I can't. If lean. you guys ever you know, want to, if if you guys ever want to come spend some time in Nirvana up he, up here with me in Paradise and play it on a 100 inch screen, you're more than welcome to do it. You know, guys, maybe this is why I'm not very good at from software <laughs> games. Is I'm too willing to get comfortable on the couch. What you're saying, Sam, is I should sit at the edge of a chair, inches from the screen, and I will do better. Well, it depends on how yes. close your couch is, but yes, I'm liking where that's going. Yes. Basically, okay, cool. basically, Zach, Zach, the more uncomfortable you are and the tighter your butt is clenched, the better Oof. you're going to be at the game wonderful clench that, that butt as tight as you can that's the image i want to close with okay uh so a couple things before we wrap up uh sekiro shadows die twice is out on pc xbox one and ps4 on march 22nd 2019 
Uh, I think we've already said what we're, we're playing it. Um, I know that we at SCGC will probably have some coverage of that, whether that's through podcasts or written form or just more conversations like this. We'll probably have something. Sam, two things. One, talk about where people can follow you on social media. And two, are you going to have some coverage of this game where people can find it? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Samuel Talbert. That's T-O-L-B-E-R-T. Come hit me up. Talk to me about games, superhero movies, TV shows, tech, whatever. I'm happy to do that. You can find everything I write on tickgamesnetwork.com and yes we will be covering this like we said previously unfortunately there's not going to be any early press copies review copies being given out but we will have a review sometime shortly after launch we're going to be doing some video guides i'm roping in one of my guys for that we're going to have some tips and tricks if people are new to FromSoft games and they really don't understand how to do some of this stuff we'll we'll have some stuff to help you out awesome all right john do you want to take us home buddy no not really I no, mean, if I'm being no, not at all. No, you. Uh, so, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, sticking around with us and listening to our Sekiro Shadows Die Twice conversation. Uh, I I will be streaming the game uh, at midnight on Friday. Uh, I'm taking the day off of work, March 22nd. I will be streaming. So, if anybody wants to come see a Souls, not just a Souls bro, but a Souls pro, come and give his thoughts on the game in real time as I'm playing it. Please feel free to do that uh, on twitch.tv slash official SDGC. And as always, you can catch us every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're at PAX East this year, there's going to be a bunch of us there. So let us know. We'll come hang out with you. And uh, with that, it's not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. Be good to each other. We'll see you next time.